Christ is in our midst. He is and always shall be. So when we say that, we say he is, was, and always shall be. Christ is in our midst. He, he is, is, was, was and, and always shall be. I, I know that you're used to Father Chris preaching at the end, but I, I wanted to preach at this time so that, in English at least, okay? because I wanted the readings from both the Epistle of St. Paul and from the Gospel according to Matthew to be fresh in our minds. For us who heard it, we are in a position to kind of now think about it as we prepare to receive Holy Communion today. The scriptures today are examples of a tension that exists or a perceived tension that exists with the coming of Christ. There were some who thought that he came and was ignorant and ignoring and violating even the law the rules that were handed down in the Decalogue by Moses or in the Levitical law. And there were people who were scandalized by his actions, by who he ate with, who he spoke to, who he blessed, who he prayed for, who he healed, who he rose from the dead. And I know there was, I, I, didn't, I didn't watch the Super Bowl, but I saw some commercials. And apparently there was a commercial that kind of got a lot of, um, it was controversial for some reason. I don't know. There's a lot of commercials that are controversial, but a lot of people were writing about this ad from He Gets Us, about uh, people washing each other's feet and saying how Jesus came and washed feet, right? He got us. Do we get him? And I don't want to talk about that ad, but keep that in mind as I kind of, unfold a little bit what's going on in this passage um, in Matthew where he speaks to a Canaanite woman and what St. Paul says. St. Paul refers to the Old Testament where God says to the Israelites, separate yourselves. Don't touch anything that's not clean. Don't eat anything that's impure. These were rules that were handed down to the Israelites, especially as they went from Egypt into the Promised Land and beyond as they came in contact with other people, people of other faiths, people with other traditions, the Lord was preparing them for the coming of Christ, who would fulfill those laws. But really, it was also a way to keep them pure, to make sure that they were not introducing idol worship and other practices of these other, other religions that they were encountering. So there were laws, purification laws. Don't touch this. Don't eat there. When you do that, there was a whole bunch of, you know, rules. If you did something that was impure and improper, you had to separate yourselves from the community. Someone had to wash themselves, bathe themselves, isolate themselves. It was kind of like COVID for, for the, the Israelites over and over again. If they touched something that they thought was impure spiritually or physically impure, they had a quarantine. And so that was the case. St. Paul is, however, speaking to Christians. And again, he's doing this not because there's something that's impure in the world, something that's not, you know, good to touch. Because the whole world uh, with the coming of Christ is now holy. There is nothing that is unholy and impure. Everything with the coming of Christ, with the incarnation of God, is now beautiful and fulfilled. 
But he wants this, he wants to protect Christians because there were still pagans around. And again, don't eat with the pagans, don't sacrifice food for idols. You know, there, there was tension between people who were converting to Christianity and their family and friends who were not yet Christian. So Paul is offering these rules again, but in a different context. Okay, so that's, on the one hand, there's, this, there's these rules about isolation and making sure that we are different than everyone else, that we are not from this world, that we are separated from this world. And now here comes Christ, and he's walking with the disciples. They're minding their business. And this Canaanite woman approaches the Lord, yelling and screaming, Lord, help me, my daughter is not well. Okay? So here is the tension, because the Canaanite woman is considered impure. The Canaanites were not considered authentic Jews. They had veered away. They had incorporated practices and traditions that were not considered authentic and clean. And so this Canaanite woman recognizes who the Lord is, and she's not afraid. She yells and says, Lord, have mercy on my daughter. And what happens? Matthew says, the Lord said nothing. He was quiet. He wanted to see what's going to happen. And who speaks up? Who spoke up? Did you hear the gospel? Who spoke up? The disciples. The disciples are annoyed. They're annoyed and scandalized, and they're trying to keep this woman from approaching the master, approaching them. And what do, what do they say to the Lord? Send her away. Get rid of her. Okay? And so now things start to escalate. And the Lord uses this as an opportunity to teach his disciples and to test the faith of this woman. Okay? And he starts off by testing her. And he says, I have come for the lost sheep of Israel. I have come for only these people. These are the select. And she says, Lord, please help me. She falls in front of his feet. And he goes on to test her. And he says, it is not good to throw food, the, crumb, the crumbs, uh, food to, it's, the, the scripture is not translated correctly. It says it's not good to throw food to the dogs, giving us the impression that the Lord is comparing her to a dog. And that's not the right word. The word is puppy. The Greek is kinarion, which is a small dog, a puppy. And he says that basically, look, you can't feed a puppy adult food. Right? We know that. If you have a newborn puppy, what do you give it? Milk. You give it mush. It cannot handle the kibble. It cannot handle the food that older dogs can handle. So he says, I can't give you this food. You can't handle this food, essentially is what he's saying to her, because you're not ready. And she turns around and says, well, even the puppies will eat crumbs. They can handle crumbs. They may not be able to handle the steak, but they can handle crumbs. Give me the crumb, she says. And that's the test. She passes the test. That she's not asking for everything. She's asking just for a crumb from the Lord's table, and that's enough for her to sustain her. And the Lord 
doesn't just give her a crumb, but he heals the daughter. May it be unto you as you wish, he says, and she goes off and the child is healed. Now, it's interesting because it ends there. The, we don't know what happened after the woman left. We don't know what he says to the disciples. We don't know what the disciples do. They're silence. And what we can assume is that the disciples felt like they didn't know what they were doing. They were dumbfounded. There was something new. There was something unfolding before them. A, a, a depth of the scriptures that they could never, ever imagine. That their master was not just a teacher. He was not just a rabbi. He was not just an interpreter of the scriptures. But he fulfilled the scriptures. He gave them a new dimension of... Because he was love, he imbued them with love. And so, this is a test for us. Okay? This is a test for us. Are we holy people of God? Yes. We say this all the time. We are the holy people of God. We've gathered and we are around God. We're in His house. We have come to receive the Eucharist and become even more holy by taking in the Lord. And so by being holy, Ayos is somehow separate. It's distinguishable. We are distinguishable. We can say that. But we are not something beyond the rest of the world. Now, there are people out there, outside of these walls, who are looking to be holy, whose heart wants to be with God, whose hearts long for love that we have found here. Okay, maybe you're here for a minimosino. That's okay, but your, your heart is here, and maybe you're here just to light a candle, but your heart is being fulfilled. May, you may not realize it, but it's, it's happening. And there are people who deserve this. There are people who are our brothers and sisters that we should want to bring into the church. And this is our test. Are we going to approach them and invite them? Or are we going to tell the priest, get rid of them? Are we as a parish going to say, let them sit with us? Let them, of course, eat with us? Let them pray with us? Or are we going to say, they're not like us. They don't act like us. They don't look like us. They don't behave like us. They don't dress like us. They can go elsewhere where they, where they belong. Today is your stewardship, Youth Stewardship Sunday, correct? Isn't it today? You're doing something at the end of church, and I don't want to, you know, kind of, you know, spoil anything. But this is what we're trying to teach our kids. We're trying to teach our kids that the church is for everyone, the stewards of the church, but for people who should be stewards of the church, people who should be part of our church. And it's time that we teach them through our example as adults so that they can do it growing up each and every day. Now, I, I don't know who had a problem. I don't want to raise hands because I don't want to make this a big controversy. But I, I would say that that commercial was very apropos because the Lord indeed, he went and he ate with sinners. He spoke to harlots. He allowed them to touch him. Can you imagine? God allowed us, us human beings, all of us, as broken as we are, he allows us to touch him. So today, I hope and I pray that you have come here to touch the Lord, to come and receive Holy Communion, to receive his body and his blood, not just to be spectators, okay, 
but to be participants, to touch the Lord and allow him to touch your lives. Amen.